Well, here we are. It is semi-final time, baby. Also, the checkbook is open and Danny wants to spread his ings. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Tuesday, the 6th of July. I'm Jules Bree. I'm Andy Russell. And featuring Jim Campbell. <laughs> take a big enough breath sorry <laughs> <laughs> I needed to like breathe a bit more during that intro and then I would have got you in in time Jim ah. soz I, th- right. I think breathy is good it. because uh, featuring Jim, Jim Campbell <laughs> it does make it sound as if we're an R&B duo oh yeah, yeah. and he's come to deliver a rap on, on the back end of it <laughs> which I will not be doing uh, over the bridge please <laughs> can you believe it we're here Three more games to go for the Euros and England are still bloody standing. Come on. It's it's charted, but not very oftenly charted territory, isn't it? It's weird. It's nice. I love it. It's exciting. What's what's weird is when when I had to do a a sort of video preview of semifinals yesterday, with Italy or Spain, it's really, really easy mm. because, you know, you just you know, go and get some charcuterie somewhere if it's Spain. <laughs> you, you go and, like, munch through a pizza if it's Italy. And um, I just got this sort of producer text going, yeah, I don't, I don't fancy your chances of anything with Denmark. Well, he was laughing on the other side of his face when I was eating an absolutely enormous Danish in Canary Wharf yesterday. I, I love a good Danish. We had some Danish in here, didn't we? Mm. As in pastries. I mean, th- this was like a <laughs> test. This was from a proper Danish bakery. Was it? And it, was a, it was a test of endurance. Wow. It really was. Oh, it was excellent, but there was, Jaw a, ache by the there was end? a lot of it. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> what did you do for England? What did I do for England? As in, did you oh, walk, well, walk well, obviously, obviously, I'm having bacon and eggs every day this oh. week. Should it not be a, but that's normal. That's normal. Should it right? not be a cone full of chips with a raw fish? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but Patrice Evra, what is he doing? I mean, that's a dangerous question to ask what? yourself, isn't it? I mean, that that is. It's uh, we, we, we talked about this earlier, and I'm glad you agreed that it, it's given me the fear. The fact that the the slippery fish falls out is probably still. Yeah, no, 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 I can't so actually should, cope with that. We should give some context for anyone that hasn't yeah. seen Patrice Evra's latest video. Google it's him. it right now whilst yeah. you're listening to this. Yes, it's uh, it's him in the back of his car wearing an England shirt and a sort of like John Lennon glasses <laughs> and a sort of a Lennon-y oasis wig. I'm not sure why. Yeah, you know, because why? it's English, I guess. And he's, yeah. he's holding some chips, fish and chips, but the fish is a raw fish and he's just shouting like he does, being his mad Patrice ever self. And then he sort I of bounces up and down. Game. Does that. Yes. Jumps, gets out his car roof, it's, out of the, it, the roof, and he's only got one shoe on. That, that, that's, that's, that's right. I think that's quite an important thing to identify. Okay, it? first of all, I, I was very, very put off by the fact that the fish falls out at yeah. one point because this is a natural raw fish. And he kisses not it, sure doesn't what, he, as yeah, well? I'm not sure what breed of fish it is. Is it, I, I think it might be a sea bream. Something like that. Maybe it's, a sea bass. Has, has that been, type of... But not been... the sort of fish you have in a fish and chip shop. No. So I, well, I think he went to Tesco, bought himself one of those vacuum-packed fishes, mm. unvacuum-packed it, stuck it in the cone of chips. Kissed and, it. And, and you know, you know that, that it's got all of like the wet slime on a raw fish when you take it out of the pack. Yeah. <laughs> How are you making this story more disgusting than it actually is? <laughs> but by I, analysing it. See, I think, what's, I think what's happened is he's gone to one of those posh fish and chip shops where you can, instead of buying battered fish, you can buy raw fish I've to take away that, that they have directly from the supplier. So I reckon his partner has said to him, look, let's not just blow the budget. Let's actually give it some take-home value. If you can go and get a proper raw fish that we can gut and cook for tea <laughs> later... 
that's been on the car floor and kissed by you. I don't don't think that was part of a plan. (laughs) He's been kissing raw chickens and all sorts, Mm. hasn't he? Maybe he kisses everything he eats. What's wrong with him? You get the impression that, like, he was maybe in the car because he's... It's just exhausting being his wife. And she's like, hey, Patrice, can you just you just, be, just go and be in the car for a bit? Just get out of my sight. I can't handle this all the time. There are so many disturbing I love things. this wife. I know, but <laughs> please. Just get out. <laughs> just go and kiss something else raw. Um, I mean, it's, it's when he, like you said, there are so many disturbing elements to this video. <clears throat> when, he, when he hops up at... I don't know why I was surprised that there was only one shoe and no sock no. on, on I think one I, foot. I think I why? missed it the first time, the <laughs> one shoe. Why is he only no, wearing... No, no shoes and socks. I think it fits in quite nicely because it's like Paul McCartney on the cover of um, Abbey Road, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but, but just oh, one. Is it a reference to that? There's so much going on in it. It's you know, it's, It'll be studied by art historians, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things he did say in it is that the last time England won anything, even the dinosaurs were still alive. <laughs> I don't remember any dinosaurs now... <laughs> at Le Tournoir, Patrice. And that was on your patch, mate. <laughs> but he's actually for England winning it. That's one yeah. thing we have to say, is that he's actually pro-England in this video. As weird and messed up as it was... He wants us to win, yeah. I think. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's what he was saying. And we think that's a good thing. Yes. Yeah. And we are going to win it, aren't we? I think oh, so. Now we've got the, the elemental force <laughs> that is Patrice <laughs> Ever behind us. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, look, the game is tomorrow against Denmark. And uh, the guys are going to be previewing that a bit more tomorrow. We're going to preview the other semi-final, which is coming up later tonight. Eight o'clock kickoff, Italy, Spain in a bit. But first, let's get to some other stories that have been bubbling away over the last 24 hours. We forget that it's obviously only, what, a month now until the new Premier League season starts? Let's let's not go too soon. It's about four four and a half weeks Mm. away until, well, yeah, about that, uh, until the Premier League season begins. So there are transfers going on. Is that true? Or attempted transfers. It is true, isn't it? Yeah, 14th of August, isn't it? And what are we? The 6th of July. So yeah, it's not far Doesn't, off now, is it? It's just is it? relentless, isn't it? Just relentless. Doesn't stop. Wow. But it means that deals need to be done. And Southampton were trying to nail down their striker, Danny Ings, to a contract because his contract expires very soon. And he basically said, nah, no. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I want it. Where do you think he's uh, hoping to go? Because it almost feels like if the Man City deal was going to be done, it would have been done by now, right? Yeah, and also, I mean, there's a they're obviously looking at Kane and potentially even Haaland, um, you know, short to, to long term on that. So you would think that position probably isn't up for grabs. I wonder if he's thinking of, of Spurs. If Kane moves on, mm. it, would he perhaps go there? It's a funny one, isn't it? Because, I mean... Obviously, it was really unfortunate what happened at Liverpool. And it, clearly, he's, look at, he's looking at a club in a European spot. People have touted West Ham, which I think isn't a bad shout, but I don't know if like long-term maybe he would that, he would consider them that much of a step That's up. his money, not happiness to me. Yeah. But then if I it mean, was... I mean, European it, football, though. Which is, which is fine. If it was money, though, the reportedly the contract he was offered by Southampton would have made him the highest paid player in Southampton's history. Yeah, I mean, I do wonder if he's got a different plan. Um I mean, especially after, as you said, what happened at Liverpool or what didn't happen at Liverpool. I think if you're looking at, say, a Manchester City or something like that, I mean, he's he's never going to be their number one striker. No. But if you think, go there, play, you know, 20, 25 games a season, 
get paid a fortune, win some stuff. Mm. To me, that sounds quite appealing. I think quite often as football fans, you go, oh, but you want to play every week. Do you? I mean, really, do you? Yeah. I, I would rather win some stuff and make significant contributions along the way. And also, I think you look at his injury history, you look that, you know, he's, he's got miles on the clock mm. for someone of, of his age. I think to be a contributor for a team that's going to win rather than be flogged for a team that's in mid-table, I, I think that's quite appealing. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because it's now or never really, isn't it? And Ings has had a chance to, to you know, move into kind of upper echelons of the league with Liverpool before. And just for I mean, sheer I'm saying, bad luck, it didn't work. I'm saying not Spurs before, <laughs> before we go any further, Jim, just to comfort you. Well, could, he, could he, you know, be Teddy Sheringham at Man United effectively? Is that what you're suggesting then? Yeah, I, I, I could see that. Or, or, or Solskjaer, you know. Yeah, of course. Be interesting. I'd, I'd I'd like to see him go and thrive somewhere. I'd love him at Arsenal, obviously, but you know we're far too mid table for that. Do you think that? <laughs> yeah, you make him play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he doesn't want that. Do Do you think that maybe after the way the season went at Southampton last year, he doesn't see it as a place where he can achieve European football anymore? Do you think that's what he's thinking? Yeah, I think because so. at one stage it did look like Southampton were heading in that direction, didn't I, it? I agree. That's part of it. I I, I would have thought because. If you're talking about matching ambitions, I think you're maybe going into this season if you're a if you're a Southampton player, thinking is Hasenhutl going to be there for the duration of the season? Mm, if they start, certainly not for the I mean, duration of a four year contract. Yeah, in, in my opinion, he's he's a really great coach, but you can't overlook the second half of last season. It was terrible. Mm. If he starts this season, say the first ten games of this season are like the last fifteen of last season. He's not going to be there much longer. And it's not it? the first time that's happened, is it? So you've got to, exactly. you've got to worry about that. I, I think the, the other thing is, maybe when you're being offered that contract, especially on all that money that you're talking about, Jules, there's probably a bit of your brain that's going, don't be Wilfred Zaha. Mm. Don't get tied to a situation where you're more important, you're more valuable to your current club than you are to anyone else. And so, then every so transfer window this happens. You're shutting down mm. the possibility of ever going anywhere, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, speaking of top-class players being linked with Arsenal, Ben White, Yves Basuma, st- still going on, yeah, Jim? Yeah, still going on, but there's no talk of Chelsea uh, being interested in Ben White. This, this is what seems to happen in, in, in the rumour mill at the moment. It's like <laughs> Arsenal get linked with a player and um, that player gets in the news and a, a, cl- a club with European football goes, oh, they are quite good, actually. <laughs> and they get linked instead and I go, oh, well, we're never getting them then. We're never getting them. So Arsenal yeah. just balls it up again. It's all about Matty Ryan, though, surely. I know. What a Real Sociedad. I, I mean, know. that's exciting, it's isn't it? sweet gig, isn't it? <laughs> Do you reckon? a sweet gig. Yeah. It's brilliant. Could you, would you have predicted that no. like a year or so ago? No, I wouldn't know. Off to Sociedad via Arsenal? I quite I mean, liked him to who, stay, to be honest, at the time. expects to leave Brighton and move on to better seafood? <laughs> Are you talking about Patrice Evra's car? <laughs> <laughs> um, someone who's definitely maybe joining Manchester United as well is uh, Eduardo Camavinga. Tell us a bit about him, Andy, and why Link he'd with want Arsenal to go earlier, there. Case in point. <laughs> And why he'd want to go to, to United. We'll, we'll give Jim a minute. Um, <laughs> the, the, the fees mentioned, I mean, it's not happening, but 30 million. Mm. It's, it's really not, you know. Bear in mind, the uh, previous president of Wren got fired for trying to negotiate a future deal with Real Madrid that was somewhere in the 100 million bracket. Now, he's got they've got an issue because he's running out of contract and he said he won't sign a new one, although he's only 18. Um, but... I think it's 
he's he's a player who's already excellent. And since he was 14, 15, it's been clear that, you know, you can't really often say with a 14 or 15-year-old, it's clear that they're going to be a star. Mm. With him, it was clear. It really was, unless something happened to him injury-wise. And he's someone who is tough enough to play in a defensive midfield position. He's good enough on the ball to suggest he can grow into that full box-to-box thing. He's started to score more goals and create more chances. You buy a player like this, you're getting 10 good years out of him. I think if you're United kind of of level. So if United could sweep swoop in, make the most of the fact that Real Madrid are totally skinned, and I'm sure we'll come to the position that them and Barcelona are in at the moment, which is quite hilarious in a, in a, in a little bit. But if, if United can take advantage of this, it's a great deal. Speaking of Real Madrid, uh, Tottenham have actually asked them to play a friendly this summer because of a clause in Gareth Bell's contract that they agreed eight years ago, stipulating they must play a game in London. That comes from Spanish paper marker. Why not? <laughs> if, if you've got the agreement, make him do it. <laughs> Kick him while they're down, you know. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing, isn't it? What a deal to make. Eight years ago they made that. And that's it's so still funny going. that they've just like just they've just hoped that it's never going to come up again, haven't they? Like, <laughs> and we just forget about that. Just look. imagine like Daniel Levy, like Homer Simpson, getting out his reading glasses and going, the small print here actually yeah. says. Yeah, just waiting for his most opportune moment. Yeah. Oh, it's so Spurs, isn't it? It's very, very Spurs. <laughs> and it's also very, very Madrid. It's all <laughs> it's all very funny. You were just talking about um about Barcelona there, Andy. Well, Pjanic is being heavily linked with Spurs. Barcelona reportedly offered to release him from his contract. They signed him last summer for £55 million, but he only started in six league games in the season gone. I mean, that's that's amazing, isn't mm. it? To sign someone for that amount of money and then go a year later, yeah, you actually can go for nothing. Yeah, oh, that is mad. I mean, that is the position that they're, they're in in terms of wages. I mean, a lot of people are asking what the hold-up with Messi is. Well, it's clear what the hold-up with Messi is. They can't register all of their current signings that they've made. And of course, they've made a lot of free signings, although free and free, you know, it's two different things, mm. isn't, isn't it, in, in football? Even though they've signed frees on relatively decent wages because Memphis and Aguero have taken lesser deals than they might have got elsewhere, for example. Um, and they can't register these players. They clearly can't sign Messi at the moment. So basically, they're having this massive wage clear out. I mean, they're looking at selling Felipe Coutinho. Uh, this, at, this, is at like, a, this is the worst deal of the century, surely. But but they're looking at selling Coutinho at a loss of over 100 million. Uh, but but they have to. That's so bad. Another... Especially, sorry to cut in, Andy, but when no, you when well, you as, as we were talking about this earlier, and as you rightly pointed out, Coutinho had a had a hand in knocking them out of the Champions League. <laughs> like that's astonishing. It's amazing. I, I mean, you would turn up at training with the medal around your neck. Yeah. You? <laughs> I remember being live on air when that deal was done from Liverpool, and I remember announcing it and thinking, "This is." an insane amount of money and obviously it was always going to happen because that had been that story had been going on for so long but now to actually see that Barcelona are willing to accept 20 million for him according to the newspapers out in Spain that is an incredible loss yeah well that's it they're having to write transfer fees off left right and center and part of that is because when Laporta came back the the new old president <laughs> he he basically said look you know if anyone wants to go that would be like really nice because, <laughs> you know and um of course the first players to react to that were pk and Jordi alba and they're like that's fine but you have to give us freeze and once they've said that 
and there's not been complete pushback on it. The genie's out the bottle. Mm. And they also wish, for example, they could sell on Usman Dembele for a modest fee this summer. One of the worst things to happen to Barcelona this summer is the fact that he got injured at the Euros because they can't yeah. flog him mm. until Christmas at the earliest. And so they're in this situation. Of course, they've loaned Trincao to Wolves, who I think will do very well there. And maybe that's a deal that could actually work out quite well for Barcelona because if he comes to the Premier League, does well, you can actually sell him for real money. Mm. So, you know, that might that might be one of the only ones they get a decent fee for. Great name as well. Trincao, big trink. Big, that, big, that big that's his first. nickname. Big Trink. Yeah, well, that's the oh, that Al actually, means big, doesn't it? Inyo means small, and Al means big. You see, that's, so, that's that's why I want Duncan Ferguson to end up at say Braga for some point. Dun, <laughs> Duncow. <laughs> Duncow. Yes. <laughs> well, that would be something. Um, all right. Well, look, it is semi-final time in the Euros. Italy, Spain tonight. We'll preview that after this. Well, I'm, I'm talking about the sort of luxuriant quality. <laughs> nah. Go on, brass. Luxuriant. I, I would love that coat back. I'm, I'm going to the tennis later and it's a bit rainy outside. Oh, you're going to Wimbledon. So I would, I would, I would love a bit of uh, I am so jealous. luxuriant quality uh, are you, to keep are the you rain get, off me. getting in the queue? What, what's the deal? You nah, working? nah, centre court, baby. Oh, you oh. lucky bastard. You're going to try and cash a ball like Clive Tilsley's wife? See that? <laughs> I didn't see that. She caught, Did she she? caught a ball on, no, on live TV. I like, love It was that. brilliant. Yeah, like I think she got a like, big round of applause. Was Clive with her? No. <laughs> How did everyone know it's Clive Tilsley's wife? Because it was on TV and Clive tweet That's about it it's like, this is my wife oh my god I, that is amazing brilliant, brilliant. Uh, right now it's time for this love the game now hit subscribe please send us a note we won't reply email show at footballramble.com show Lovely. I've not oh. heard that one before, you know. That's oh, great, isn't it? Yeah, They're all great. Hidden. Keep oh. them coming. Keep them coming. Still, I've noticed there have been no trance thrash uh, metal entries. Do get on that. <laughs> um, so Joseph Phelan's been in touch. He said, um, well, he's been in touch with what he describes as purist ramble fodder, and I have to agree with him. He <laughs> says, Nashville have a fan called Soccer Moses, and before matches, he plays guitar in what I imagine is an attempt to embed within the home team some kind of magic riff energy. It's basically Yuri Geller with power cords <laughs> and a long beard. It's much better than Yuri Geller. The man's a fraud. Uh, before playing, he ambles through the crowd, carefully parting the sea of supporters while holding a banner which reads, Let my people gold, before taking up what is unquestionably the ugliest guitar ever created. His subsequent playing does nothing to aid the instrument's appeal. Now, we've seen the video of this. It is brilliant. Yeah, you, show, you showed it to me this morning. And if I can go back to Joseph's kind email, it was certainly more than a feeling (laughs) very good yeah it was uh, it's it's great though isn't it it's one of those things where if someone did that here it would be incredibly lame but it happening in (laughs) in mls um is uh it's just great because this is one of the beautiful things about football isn't it different things work in different cultures and uh, it just everyone's having such a great time and it's just all the fun you say that but let's not knock it till we've tried it why why not try and like you know, use items from other cultures 
I, th- I, th- I think it'd be decent. I, just, I mean, I, you, if you know it was what? done here, it'd be someone doing fucking Wonderwall, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, mean? I, I like, suppose a, like a shit it, busker. It, oh, look, it's a dickhead who's found a guitar at a party. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? It's that sort of... Although, do you know, you know what? I might have spoken to you about this a while ago, Jim, but something that's often forgotten from the earlier years of Sky Sports when it was all, you know, sort of all more nascent and cheap mm. in, the, in the Premier League. Everything used to make that sound, didn't oh, it? Why? Every, every oh, I love that sound. Yeah. Oh, that gave me the feels. That was good. Uh, when um, the Shaman played Ebenezer Good on the pitch at half-time yes. at Highbury, that was incredible. Yeah. And it's like... We're halfway through a football match and there's a man with bleach blonde hair shouting, he's a good in yeah. the centre circle. <laughs> do, they, do they know what that song's about? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I don't think that we do many sort of things pre-match because I think everyone would just take the piss out of it, Exactly, they? yeah, exactly. Like, Although there, maybe we should lean really into thing. that. Well, there's, been, there's been booing, hasn't there, at Champions League finals where they've tried to make it more super yeah. bowly. Like yeah. the, the Imagine Dragons got... They're not the Imagine Dragons. They're Imagine Dragons, aren't they? Like they got a lot of booze, didn't they, in Madrid from the uh, from the Liverpool and Spurs fans in 2019? Mm. Yeah, but Dua Lipa the year before though, she was bloody great. She's great. Uh, yeah. Will I am. Remember them lot? They did a they That's did the right, Cardiff yeah. final. Oh, is that right? It's just weird, isn't it? It doesn't it doesn't kind of what are they scan. called again? I've forgotten. Bl- Black eyed peas. That's Black-eyed it. Black eyed peas. Is it? See, Will I am also opened the the new Leon Stadium in 2016. Oh, right. He had this weird bromance with Jean Michel Olas, the president of, of of Leon, who's like 70 and looks like the Emperor out of Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Very good. Thank you very much. I mean, that went straight over my head anyway. I don't know what you meant. (laughs) Of course you didn't. Not seen either of them. Could have been anything. Although, I was watching Beat the Chasers last night and there was a question and I got it right and it was about Gollum. (laughs) So, so I don't know. See, I do know things. I just sometimes... not in the right order. (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway, Andy, what you got for us? Um, One from Joe Lindsay. A short and sweet stat. 50% of the starting goalkeepers in the Euro 2020 semi-finals made their professional debut for Darlington. What? What's not part of the email is it's Casper Schmeichel and Jordan Pickford. I mean, uh, that is amazing. We should have, well been, done, we should have tried guessing. I mean, it would have been easy to guess, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not that so many there's, candidates. There's four to pick from. <laughs> <laughs> as, as well, um, I should point out that at the last World Cup, um, my son was a bit younger at the time, obviously, and insistent on calling Jordan Pickford Jordan Pickford. <laughs> oh, I remember which, you saying this which, before. Which made it made him made him feel a bit, you know, MLS. Yeah, I thought. that's very American, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, right. Keep your emails coming in, guys. Show at footballramble.com or as you know, on Twitter, we are at Football Ramble. Right. It is semi-final time. Eight o'clock kickoff tonight. Italy against Spain. A nice little warm-up for their Nations League semi-final in October, Jim. <laughs> I mean, these lot, they face each other all the bloody time. They do. It's their fourth consecutive Euros that they faced each other in. And of course, the repeat of the final back in 2012. Absolutely, which I'm sure Italy will be out to avenge. But um, I think what maybe gets missed here is this is a huge, huge game for both teams, isn't it? This is what we think England-Germany is, but for both teams. Yeah. this is They see this as the, their, their main rival. Yeah, because they have such a juxtaposed football culture. Which is sort of a bit... It's turned on its head a little bit at the moment, isn't it? Because Italy are playing mm. such attacking football. Yeah, it is. Spain properly, won't like that. Properly weird. And uh, yeah, it was, it was it was funny, actually. I, Luis Enrico was being asked a lot about this in the press conference yesterday. And he, he tried to he tried to play it all down, like being, you know, 
smashed in the face by um, <laughs> uh, Mauro Tosotti, I think, yeah. I, I think it was. And Will all, you be appealing for the red, Luis? No, that's gone. That's gone. <laughs> that's in 1994. <laughs> Stop asking me. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah it, it is a bit weird. And because we associate Spain, especially in, in tournaments, with control, the fact that they're just absolutely chaotic it's amazing. Oh, I love it's, the chaos. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so much fun, isn't it? it is. Like yeah. every time you watch them play, they're so fun and every single substitute that comes on. Like when Chiesa comes on, he started the last game, didn't he? But when he play when he came on the game before, he's just so electric. Everyone that plays mm. in this Italy team oh. are just so I, I, I meant Spain actually. Oh, you meant Spain. Chaos. Oh, sorry. But, well, but, I mean Italy are chaotic as well. It, yeah, <laughs> Italy have wandered from the script. I don't, I don't yeah. think there's any doubt about that. Well, I think fun to watch. Italy enforced chaos upon you though. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It's yeah, a little yeah. bit different. The, the, the weird thing about Spain is they're chaotic and Sergio Ramos isn't involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, how weird is that? Or isn't he? I think he is. Yeah, maybe there's something going on here. <laughs> oh, no. He's pulling the strings behind do you, do, do you think that's the worst? He's a wizard think, of Oz. Do you think that's the worst possible outcome at the remainder of Euro 2020? That Pau Torres scores the winner in the final at the back post and then tears a mask <laughs> off <laughs> Sergio Ramos. Tears, tears his arms off as well to reveal those tats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, yeah and it's, Sergio Ramos in a skin suit is absolutely the worst possible outcome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to answer your question. That is absolutely terrifying. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I think Spain are a they're a real interesting team to watch because they do have this kind of they're like watching an existential crisis <laughs> that that is overcome every time but but just gradually. Mm. And I, I think it it you know, I I I said this on the last show I think because Italy starts so strongly um I think that they've got a chance of scoring early and Spain just falling to bits like mentally. But at the same time Italy, they started slowly at Wembley before, but then at the same time again, they've played at Wembley now. So there's so many variables going into this. And it's going to be really interesting to see how both teams cope with the the situation as well, where there's, what, they've got about 125 fans allowed in each or some mad thing in the ticket allocation. And none of them have been able to train. I think that is, as you say, Jim, maybe the edge for Italy, the fact they have played there before, because of course because they're keeping the integrity of the pitch for these last three games and stuff, none of the semi... Well, none of the semi-finals... Neither of the two semi-finalists who haven't played at Wembley at this point get to play on the pitch before the semi-final. And that's maybe a thing, because like um, Denmark trained at Tottenham, didn't they? Yeah. And uh, Luis Enrico was like, well, I, I understand why that is, but it is a bit of a, is a, bit of a pain. Yeah. All roads are pointing to England winning the thing. Scary. <laughs> scary. <laughs> scary, isn't it? <laughs> um, what about Italy, though, Andy? Because I think defensively, that's where Spain will probably struggle to get past them. They're so, they, they've just shown such a, they've been so solid. They've shown their resilience. I think that the the fact that their two centre halves play together for club football yep. um, makes a massive difference as well. Surely that makes a huge difference in terms of their relationship. Yeah, I, th- I think it, I think it helps, and um, I think the fact that Mancini has been building something with these players over such a long time. I mean, unbeaten since tenth of September, twenty eighteen, which thirty two games now. Repeating, mm. it's it's unbelievable. And the thing is, it's it's all very well people like me and like Italian fans and people who watch Italy a lot saying, "Oh yeah, well we always knew they had this in them." Doing it at a major tournament is still different yeah. to impose your rules on the tournament rather than you know the way that 
Southgate or other recent winners. I'm, I realise he's not a recent winner yet, but he might be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you go backwards and you look at Deschamps and Fernando Santos, the, the idea is win a major tournament by playing within yourself, play quiet, wait and see kind of football, keep it steady. And whereas Italy is like, no, 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 no. We're playing our way. And apart from the second half against Austria, where they got a bit of a going over, They've been phenomenal in all of these mm. these games so far, and uh, they are sorry they are used to to um, playing hell for leather as well because that long unbeaten streak, as impressive as it sounds, it actually doesn't tell the whole story. They won every game in qualifying. They've mm. won all of their World Cup qualifiers, and obviously they've won every game at the tournament. Which you know, even teams that win it sometimes draw a group game mm. or like have mm. to go to penalties or something. They've won everything significant. That they've, that's been put in front of them recently. That, so they, this is where they're comfortable. And that step up, the way they played against Belgium in the first half is just mm. absolutely unreal. I did, <laughs> I did like uh, Lorenzo Insigne, of course, scored the winner in that game with a very Lorenzo Insigne goal. I mean, I think he's quite close to having the Iron Robin honour of having his special move yeah. that you know what's coming, but you can't stop it. He said, he said yesterday, when, when he did the press conference, um, he said, uh, Mancini has asked me, the, he said, the boss has asked me, like just for a, a bit of an element of surprise, he's asked me to maybe sometimes in that situation go for the near post. He said, but I, I can't help myself. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Why would you? When, yeah. it's, when it's When you're so good at it. Mm. It's a tough skill as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Um, a big miss for Italy will be Spinozola. Obviously, yeah. got injured in the last game. Um, he's expected to be replaced by Emerson. What kind of a difference will that make? I, I guess it'll be less attacking, you'd assume. I don't know, because Mancini's been very good at getting this system in place where everyone just slots in and they all just they know, they all know what their roles are. And he's, he's going to be fresh as well. I mean, he's, people have made a lot of him not really playing much for Chelsea, but I mean, there's, fresh, the tournament, there's, there's fresh and there's fresh. Yeah, fresh and is raw. <laughs> like that fish. <laughs> <laughs> Everything yeah, I... points back to the fish. Well, yeah. one, of, one of my favourite moments at football from last season, when I was, I was at the Chelsea Atletico second leg, and the bit where Emerson scored the clincher, which was a great finish, by the way, against uh, Atletico in the second leg, it was one of those, oh, shit, he actually <laughs> scored. The way the other players reacted. It was, it was like, it was like John Jensen at Highbury. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. Um, there are also, um, well, I mean, he's pretty much confirmed, uh, Mancini, that Chiro Mobley would be starting. Um, he confirmed that in the press conference yesterday, despite um, failing to score in the last three games. What do you make of that? Would you stick with him? Um, y- yes, I would, because he does stuff other than... Um, score and, like and roll about <laughs> in the penalty area. <laughs> that was a magnificent recovery. Well, Benucci was actually asked about that and he said the joy and emotion of the goal was so big that it cured him. <laughs> it's, a, it's a miracle. It is a miracle. That's funny. And he did stress that they also took the piss out of him too. Yeah, I, I, I bet they did. <laughs> but, um, you know, they've, they've, they've got so many options. I think he's an interesting one because if you look at him, his record at international level doesn't really describe what a good player he is. He's a really good player. And also, I think as well, when you look at how everyone has been under Mancini, how he's brought everyone up a level, that, that says something as well. It's, it's like when you, I, I don't know, if you go back five or six years and you looked at Cristiano Ronaldo's international record, or if you look at his international record now, before he was 30 and after he was 30, 
not amazing mm. before a certain point. Obviously, he was a winger beforehand, but it takes a while before he hits that rhythm. Now, I'm not suggesting that in the next five years, he's going to go along at like 20 international goals a year, but he is better than that goal record suggests. And also, you only need a couple of moments in a tournament to, to, to really make it happen. And we've seen that with Morata and the fact that he had quite a poor start to the tournament and then he came in and scored that fantastic goal against Serbia because there's that complete belief in him from the coach like Luis Enrique said didn't he in the second game right I'm going to pick Morata plus another 10 players mm. and, and that must make you feel amazing yeah absolutely and also I think you know Chiesa and Bellotti will will almost one or both might feature certainly if it goes through extra time you would think they'll, they'll both get onto the pitch so I think um, he's using that squad really well and you get yeah. the, similar to England, isn't it? You get the impression that they all feel involved. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I mean, you just see the goal celebrations. Actually, one of the things, I, I don't know if it's been pointed out here yet, really, but with, of course, there's this incredible friendship between Mancini and Viali that's at the heart of it all and they've been pals since they were teammates at Sampdoria. A lot has been made, certainly in the Italian papers, of them going back to Wembley together, where they lost the European Cup final together with Sampdoria mm. in, in 92 to Barcelona and to that, to that Ronald Koeman free kick. Mm. I mean, you know, I, th- I think a lot of England-involved fans can relate. <laughs> like, like relate to that. But, uh, I mean, the sense that they could go back to Wembley and like, you know, make it all good again. That's, Shit. that's part of it for them. Narrative. Oh, no. Oh, no. I hate these little narratives underneath. Come on, Spain. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, do, is that who you'd prefer if England were to get to the final to face? Um, I don't want to jinx anything, but I don't know the rules of how jinxes work <laughs> or believe in them. Um, but I think based on what we've seen, yeah, I think Spain are a little bit more vulnerable because Italy just look, un- look unstoppable, don't they? So, I mean, they I do. don't mean to sound dismissive of Spain or disrespectful in any way, but I think just because Italy looks so, so good, you would hope that they, for some reason, have a nightmare tonight or something Something goes but, wrong. And but, 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 yeah. but, but, I think but. loads of stuff has gone wrong for Spain. Yes. And they've found a way. They're, yeah. they're like the Michael Myers of this tournament, aren't they? Really? <laughs> And also, each time Spain have won their quarterfinal, they've gone on to win the whole damn thing. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I would be flabbergasted if that happened again, <laughs> even though they've got a one in four chance of doing it. There's another thing I love about this, the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo and Portugal are no longer even in the Euros, yet he's probably still sat at home with something to play for because he's still leading the way for the golden boot. Course, so he's probably yeah. sat there thinking, I don't want Harry Kane to score. I don't oh. want... I, can you imagine how annoyed he'd be not being able to be involved in any way? I know. He'd be going out of his mind. Out of his mind, sat there in his pants. Sat there in his pants with you... his weirdly tiny abs. Ty... <laughs> they are, aren't they? They are, right? Yeah. Still phenomenal to look at, though. Um, <laughs> so you've got Raheem Sterling, Dolberg from Denmark. Uh, who else can catch him? Harry Kane. They're all on three goals. I mean, technically anyone can catch him. Anyone can Unlikely catch him. Unlikely that, like, Kasper Schmeichel will do it, but you never know. <laughs> well, let's see what happens. Um, so, prediction. Go on, Andy. What's going to happen tonight? Italy by a whisker. Maybe after extra time, I think. Mm. Jim? Italy by uh, lots of whiskers. You reckon? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna... Italy by a cat's worth. I also yeah. think, I think after extra time as well, I think 2-1 Italy. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. Ah, uh, Right, if you're enjoying our Euros coverage, then you can get even more from us a lot on our Patreon. We've got a live stream this week, plus bonus episodes and ad-free rambles as well. Get over to patreon.com 
forward slash football ramble. Andy, don't have too many glasses of fizz at Wimbledon and strawberries later because you're back tomorrow. Um, you're going to be here with Kate and Jim. You're going to be here too. I am. Um, so enjoy that, guys. Come on, England, tomorrow, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.